Do you like Joe Biden? No. No? <laughs> I mean, like, he's better than Trump. Uh, I like him better than the alternative. Same for you? Yeah, same for me. As far as I was concerned, I had to get the previous president out of there. Depends. Depends on who's running against him. I mean, we know who's running against him, right? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what do you like about him so far? What's he done that, you know, you've, you thought was good? Um, to be honest, I haven't really picked up a lot that he's done uh, lately. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't really like follow like politics. I don't really, I haven't been really paying attention to that. So that's why. Is it because you don't follow politics or does he just not have any accomplishments? Like which one is it? Oh no, cause I don't really follow much after like Barack Obama. I didn't really, I'm not really paying attention. I'm just like appreciate that like Trump is gone. I don't know much about what's going on. I don't think I can name something. Can you not name something because he has none or just because? No, just cause I don't know what's going on. What are you looking for him to do to earn your vote in 2024? Ooh, that's a deep question for me right now. I'm way out of like the news right now that, you know, I can't really say too much. There was like a lot going on with Trump that it was like kind of concerning. We thought that he was gonna take us into war. Take us into war. So I feel like people voted for him because they needed a way out. It's kind of like this person seems like they know what they're doing a little bit more. They can fix things, so yeah. It's kind of like a lesser of two evils thing then, right? Yeah, yeah I'd say so. But then you're voting for evil though, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. too much for my brain. I'd like to ask, are you going to vote for him again in 2024? Um, I'd have to look at the different candidates, but like, if he's the only one, then I don't know. I guess I'd, I feel like I'd have to. You're going to vote for a disgusting guy, though? I mean, I have to, I don't know. Like, no, then no. Because it's just not worth it. Welcome back to The Current Conservative for another episode. And we're going to be talking about there. I mean, there's needless to say, there's tons of things going on. So we'll, we're going to try to get through as much as possible. And I think we should just jump right into it. How are you doing, Allie? I'm good. And here I have my <laughs> baby Knox, my dog. Little babies. She wants to be a part of The Current Conservative. He can be our mascot. He, yes, yes, he's our little, little mascot. Miss him. Look at his scruffy little face. Yeah, so sweet. Oh my gosh, she's um, so precious. But yeah, let's yeah, we're go. here just drinking our coffee, sipping on the tea, and we are like the the state of the union is not well. <laughs> we are not well, especially in mm. California, and that's California for those who are unaware. Um, but. For the last, you know, several decades, California has led the way on many liberal stronghold talking points, but more recently and evidently climate change. Um, and so, you know, the last 50 years, liberals have been screaming that we must act now and that if we wait for this so-called proof of global warming, I mean, global cooling, wait, wait, I mean, climate change. Um, Right. It will be too late. And even the LA Times came out and said that this is a, quote, moral obligation that we um, need to ban big rigs by 2030. And so just a reminder that truck drivers are a backbone to the American economy. Everything that you own has been on a big rig at a certain point during the process of being made, manufactured, 
whether that's in China, India, Pakistan, whatever, and it's now in your house, it went on a big rig. And so um, apparently we want to um, be able to ban those. Oh, not by 2030. Sorry, it's 2040. So at least we have at least a good... An extra 10 years. Yeah, a good solid 18 years left of using trucks in California. <laughs> um, I don't really know the whole, Unbelievable. Yeah, their whole plan to you know, make that happen, but it's ridiculous. Right. Um, Well, I remember when they were, there was a shortage and they were stopping the trucks going into California because they didn't comply with the environmental guidelines. Oh, it just, so watch them be like, watch them try to make electric trucks. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure they're already talking about it. Yeah. And even there's, there's already like bans and restrictions on what farmers can use, like what kind of tractors and stuff that they are allowed Mm -hmm. to use. And mind you, like, these farmers put the bill for those tractors and they take, you know, several years to pay off. And then the legislators in California just make new rules. And so then farmers are just acquiring debt, trying to keep up with climate change, uh, you know, unbelievable stuff. But anyway, another stronghold liberal talking point um, in California is that they are able to solve the homelessness issue. And so we have a clip from Gavin Newsom 10 years ago talking about his 10-year plan. That food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. It's yeah. ironic because in the video, in that clip, they're like, it's it's like a side-by-side of him talking from 10 years ago to the streets of San Francisco currently. And we've gone over this before, but just a reminder that Gavin Newsom was the mayor of San Francisco before he became mayor of California, or sorry, governor of California. And... There are many other politicians, corrupt politicians, who derive from the Bay Area, including Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and then most recently we talked about the DA, George Gascon, who was there from uh, 2011 to 2019, and Chesa Boudin, who was most recently uh, recalled. But just, it's a funny comparison, ironic because the it's clear that the liberal policies cannot fix homelessness in San Francisco or the state. And it's just increasingly gotten worse over the last 10 years. And the homelessness budget, I mean, they're not intended to fix. No, they just want to perpetuate, you know, and encourage these behaviors and the mentally ill out on the street with zero help. Um, And just my, just also keep in mind that the homelessness budget has multiplied 28 times the amount uh, that it was when Gavin Newsom took office. So he's increased the budget so much over, you know, the last several years and there's nothing to show for it. Yep. And that is, is another example of just the waste of money and the the waste of spending that it is. I found this map uh-huh. State by state cost of illegal immigration, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. And California is obviously the worst culprit of it with 
$23 billion being spent. Yeah, millions. Excluding federal costs mm-hmm. for Ill- illegal immigration because illegal immigrants literally get better health care here than tax-paying, law-abiding citizens. Yeah. Um, another, you know, point Insanity. that's happening in California, just very recent this week, um, the California Attorney General and the Depart- Department of Justice um, created the first ever in the nation, the Gun Violence Pre- Prevention Program, or o- the Office of, sorry, it's not a program, it's an office. Um, and on the, the office's website, it says that the office is to provide a proactive approach through strategies and programs and partnerships with stakeholders statewide to address gun violence. The, oh, they call it an epidemic and states it's a true public health crisis that requires immediate and proactive attention. It goes on to say in the press release that California has one of the lowest rates of gun deaths in the country, but they say it will also work to seize firearms from dangerous individuals using the armed and prohibited person system. So that that's all up to the government to decide who's a dangerous person. Um, and then they will also start to prosecute firearm trafficking cases, which I don't really know how prevalent that is through in California, but we have to assume that that's happening because of the open border. And then, border. Yeah, I was going to say the drug cartel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hello. And then um, it's going to defend California common sense gun laws which there's a slew of these common sense gun laws that continue to infringe upon our second amendment right and then also they're going yeah. to um they're going to overlook and you know wa- keep an eye on firearm availability so it's going to get increasingly difficult to buy a firearm and have a firearm in your house in California this is not you know new news per se but just keep in mind that this slow crawl is what happened in Venezuela with the yep. removal of yep. rights to own a gun. Um, thankfully, yep. our founding fathers knew that tyrants will seize firearms, and so they wrote that into our Constitution. And that's certainly a talking point that's been well discussed, and uh, I think that our audience obviously knows those knows about the second amendment and the importance of it yeah but still these tyrants will well the thing is to degrade and destroy and undermine our constitution yep yeah absolutely it's it's getting to a point now where i mean liberals are like they know what they're doing this is all by design and so the next step is really to change the laws Mm -hmm. that are there to protect our freedoms right so it, it no longer like policy no longer matters because it's obviously very clear that those policies don't work but that was all just to get us to usher us into this this climate this political climate where they could they are now in such control where they can change the laws pack the court you know obviously yeah. they want to pack the courts and that will be a determining factor for policies for generations and you know obviously they 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 want to progress the demise of America yeah. and the only way to do that is to erode the laws and rights that we have in place in the constitution. Yeah. And it's just, it's really sad because you don't see, you don't have a constitution like that in other countries. And that's exactly why, um, you know, people love 
people love this country so much. And I think you can really see that in the past few weeks with everything that's going on around the world in Iran and different places where uh, people are actually being persecuted um, to, you know, just being able to walk down the street and not have to wear a scarf over your head. And not to say that I support it or you don't support it. It doesn't really matter. It's a religious, obviously, tradition and part of their culture. But I mean, does that mean that's, you know what I mean? You're going to get stoned to death or you're going to get killed in the street. Mm -hmm. That's, (laughs) you know what I mean? I beg to differ. So, so yeah, that's why we, um, you know, we do have to stand up so strongly for, for the right, for our rights and the constitution, because that is literally the last wall that protects us. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah, on, I mean, should I go into HR one? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. So that brings me to HR one, which is a bill that was just passed in the House of Representatives with only one Democrat voting against it, who is from Mississippi, I believe. Mm-hmm. And this is a bill, so it has to go to the Senate now before it would hit Biden's desk. Okay. Um, but what would this bill do? So it's an election reform bill, and I'm just going to run quickly through it because I just I think this is so important. Everybody should be. Uh, aware of what's going on because they tried to do this, I think, last year, um, but it didn't go through. So now they they got it through the House. Okay. Um, they want to seize the authority of states to regulate voting re- voter registration and the voting process by forcing states to implement early voting, automatic voter registration, same day registration, online registration, and no fault absentee ballot balloting, which makes it a lot easier to commit fraud and chaos at the polls if people are trying to register on the same day that they're voting. Um, they, there's no way for election officials to verify the accuracy of information and the person's eligibility. Oh uh, they can also, uh, they're going to, re- they w- it would require states to automatically register all individuals as opposed to citizens from state and federal databases, such as DMVs, corrections and welfare officers, federal, federal agencies. Um, it would hurt ver- voter turnout through 15 days of mandated early voting. So you got two and a half weeks like everywhere. So it kind of, it also raises the cost of campaigns. People who don't vote early or who vote early don't have the same information that people do when they vote on election day. Um, so that's that's kind of weird. And then it mandates no fault absentee ballots, which are the tool of choice for vote thieves. So it would ban witness signature or notarization requirements for states to accept ballots received up to 10 days after election day, as long as they are postmarked by election day and require states to allow vote trafficking or ballot harvesting, which we, you know, everybody knows. So any third parties, including staffers and consultants can pick up and deliver absentee ballots. I mean, it literally just goes on and on and on. Um, Prevent election officials from checking eligibility and qualification of voters and removing ineligible voters, banning voter ID laws by state, expanding regulation and government censorship of campaigns and political activity, including like basically free speech. Yeah. Reducing the number, this is a big one, reducing the number of the federal election commission members from six to five so that the political party that has three seats would control the commission so they can engage in partisan activities. It would restore the ability of felons to vote the moment they are out of prison, regardless of uncompleted parole, probation, or restitution requirements. Oh, my. Re- they would transfer the right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it literally goes on and on. There's, like, literally four more, bu- four more bullet points. <laughs> and, oh, my God, this is a big one, too. Authorize the IRS to engage in partisan activity so they can investigate and consider political and policy po- 
positions of nonprofit organizations before they grant tax exempt status. And they would limit access to federal courts for anyone who would challenge this bill. What on earth? Our country and has been hijacked. <laughs> hijacked. And it would allow elections for up to five days. What, was, what did I say? I think it was five, five days yeah. um, after election day to uh, in case of a catastrophic event. Perfect. Everything's Why fine. Why would they need that provision there? Everything's fine. It literally makes me sick to my stomach. Does anyone have a? Does anyone have an answer? Why would they need that provision there? I mean, do they have a catastrophic catastrophic event planned? That only tells me pandemic. That point. Um, that's unbelievable. Terrifying. I mean, I read this and I was literally shook. Yeah. I'm terrifying. shook right now. I'm actually kind of sick to my stomach. Um, because. You know, if you study history, yeah, I had to go through all those. Things. Yeah, if you study history, this is exactly what happens when, mm -hmm. um, you know, the radical left is actually, you know, take Hugo Chavez or you look at Castro or uh, you look yep. at, um, who else? A uh, Maduro right now, they just completely change the laws and they throw out all yep. these um, constitutional provisions that protect, you know, checks and balances. Like our country has an amazing checks and balances program. If, you know, yeah. actually our elected mm -hmm. officials and public servants uphold the law, which clearly that's not happening right now. But um, yeah, if you just, if you look at other uh, dictatorships who overthrew the government or they, you know, force themselves into office, even democratically elected radical leftists do yep. things like this to seize more All power and centralize the power. And what we're missing here is that right. in that HR1, like it's going to federalize elections, which is very scary because we're a republic where states have certain powers. And so if they take that power away from the state, it takes power away from the people. People, we do not want centralized yep. oh, and federal I power. That is not what we want and not what the U.S. stands for. It's not what we do here. We the people. We the people still have so much control. And this would yeah. completely create more centralized yep. power, which is what the communists love. Yep. And this bill Plain is ironically simple. called the For the People Act. Yeah, they always <laughs> name it. like. And I mean, it's just... It's crazy. You mentioned Venezuela. I was literally just reading about Chavez yesterday and the timeline and everything. And it's yeah. just crazy. I mean, he literally attempted two coups while one while he was in prison. Yeah. And then, yeah, they basically just changed the Constitution. They were just like, OK, we're just going to throw out term limits. We're just going to throw out yeah. this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they just change the number of people and the, they, they don't care. Yeah. Like it gets to the point where it's not about that's what I was kind of mentioning earlier. It's not about policy anymore. It's about the evil that these people will do. They never follow the law. They yeah. are completely holier than thou. That means and justified. They're, they're not going by a con code of moral conduct. No. So they have zero. They we have, have zero to get a little morale. bit more creative with, yeah, zero morale. Well, and we have to be smarter than them yeah, to, you know, be able to see what they're doing. At this point, it's just really difficult because also a lot of the people that um, voted for, like, just other bills that are going on, um, they 
are not there. They like didn't win their primaries and they're, they're not up for re-election, you know? So like, these are the people who like obviously need to get out of there and yeah. there's an election coming up. Like it's no longer about like whether I care to get involved in politics or not. Like this is, we're entering into a totally our country new or not our era. country. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. And you need to get in the fight. Right. So I know everyone talks about like, you know, getting involved, you can get involved in so many different ways. And Bongino always talks about like, we need poll watchers, we need blah, 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 like all these things that you can do that are, you know, that are within your ability. And uh, scheduling wise, all of these factors, because obviously, we all lead very busy lives. And but this is really way more. <laughs> this is important. Our yeah. freedom is on the line here. So it's we the people. We the people. Yes. Um, so with that being said, should we do butt baby? Yeah, let's let's move into some crazy antics on the culture front. I mean, we all know we're fighting a cultural war, which is um, really, you know, going to the depths of the spiritual warfare. What we're seeing now is just it, 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 it's heartbreaking and it just you know, it erodes a lot of faith in humanity, to be yeah. fair. But I do think that, you know, um, God has a plan. And I do feel like it needs to get to this point where people see the depravity of humanity in yeah. a way, the evil and the evil that resides in the hearts of people who um, who are being led astray. Yeah. And um, I so, I, yeah, let's talk about Stacey Abrams. Well, just I wanted to touch on what you said, like the spiritual warfare. Like yeah. I say this a lot, like I just think that we are just living in a time where evil is not afraid anymore. And it's been welcomed and introduced. Okay. And, um, you know, it's it's been made a home in our culture. Evil has been made a home and it's just out there. And what I mean by this is like pushing the transgenderism onto children you know this last week some of our listeners might have heard that a couple um hospitals Vanderbilt and Rochester hospitals have been exposed for helping young children as young as eight I think to begin their transition transitional process and my thought just as like you know a young adult who could have an eight-year-old imagining to imagining myself impressing upon them that they're in the wrong body and the wrong gender. What happened to raising children of like, you were made perfectly the way that you are and that, you know, they're, they, the, the children have been fed so many lies on their identity and, and their sexual identity and these topics that should never be discussed with young children. It's truly demonic and I reject it. I reject every part of it. I mean, if you are an adult. I stand firmly against it. Yeah. If you are an adult and you want to be trans, go for it. If you want to engage in transsexual activities, go for it. But do not invite children into these activities. Do not talk to children about your personal decisions as an adult. I do not care what you feel like you you think that you want to be a woman now that you're like born in a man's body like you're confused all this shit like no stop talking to children about it there's no place for you to talk to any child child that I know I will protect them I am coming out in full force as a mama bear but all that to say and with this like I just want to say like you know I'm going to talk about this butt baby and like 
there's a certain aspect of humor to it, but it's also like so degrading the way that they are just it's disgusting like okay for instance this butt baby we have a clip for it but um on the website for this particular item that you can buy for three hundred dollars it's like a silicone baby like a little fetus and it says a prosthetic baby that can be inserted deep into the loving embrace of the rectum where a trans woman can experience and celebrate the miracle of childbirth. So neither of neither Sunny nor I have had a child, but I, it is an experience that as a woman, I have looked forward to my entire life. It is a miracle. Life is a miracle. The, the point of conception, all the factors that have to play a role into a woman conceiving is a beautiful thing and it's something that god created and something that he gave us as women to be naturally you know inclined to want to nurture and take care of our offspring and and be a mom and raise a family like that is a beautiful thing and here the the radical left is hijacking that entire concept and saying it can be equated to inserting a silicone object into your butthole. <laughs> Sunny, it's so disturbing. So I think I have that clip. <laughs> it's called the butt baby. <laughs> Look, a prosthetic baby that can be inserted deep into the loving embrace of the rectum where a trans woman can experience and celebrate the miracle of childbirth. No, you're not. Comes in white, brown, and bushman of the Kalahara. <laughs> oh, that's the nigga one that's in it. That's a black-ass baby. This I ain't dope. never seen no damn baby that black. They, that's blackface right there. Well, they said trans women can experience and celebrate the miracle of childbirth. No, you're not. You're just experiencing the uh, the miracle of a, taking a huge shit. That's yeah. what you're doing. You 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 experiencing the experience of uh, a big, bowel movement. Uh, damn, of constipation is what you you experiencing a huge bowel movement. Okay, I, <laughs> that was the Patriot Twins on YouTube. They're kind of funny. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, love them you're so much. The miracle of us taking a shit. And there we are as a society. Experiencing the miracle of taking a shit. Yeah. And just <laughs> leave it up to the radical left. Oh, my gosh. Completely, like, just undermine and, um, you know. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awful. Know, I mean, extract go ahead. It, extract yeah. the experience of birth down to, oh, yeah, you can also just take a shit. And it's the same thing. No, ma'am. I could go on and on about this on this topic. It's like I, I it's absolutely it's lunatics. These are lunatics. Yeah, no, it's I firmly believe that this is a mental illness. Yeah. Um I I also agree that I don't care what another human being decides to do in their personal life. I mean, yeah. there are people who do in crazy things that we don't know about behind closed doors and that's um their choice and their uh they will have to deal with God, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, I firmly believe that this is a mental illness and we do yeah. not, you know, we do not encourage girls with anorexia to starve themselves or like, you know, to 
develop into a binge eating disorder or XYZ different things. You don't encourage someone to continue to cut themselves if they are, you know what I mean? Like if they, this, this comes from a deep wound inside of a person, which I would say many people feel because we all experience trauma and we all have insecurities and afflictions that are, that manifest themselves because of our trauma. And so when you have young kids, well, first of all, like at a, before the age of, I don't know, maybe 12 years old, you're not, you're, you're just a kid. Like you're just, I just go play and go play in the, on, in recess. You know what I mean? Like go play on the blacktop and play in the sandbox. Like that's what I'm concerned about is, are you having fun? And like, are you being nice to others? You know what I mean? But like when you get to a certain age as a teenager, it's like, they're, you're old enough to kind of feel this need for a purpose in your life. And I genuinely feel that, um, kids are being drawn to this trendy uh to do this as a trendy thing because they're searching for for answers yeah. just like we all are we're searching for answers and searching for our purpose and want to feel you know drawn and and called to something and i feel like with my research uh on this topic i have seen that um there is a major majorly huge percentage of people who transition and deeply regretted like I you know we've talked about this many times there's a video on Marjorie Taylor Greene's Instagram you can go this young girl who or boy who transitioned to be or no she's a she's a girl that transitioned to a boy and it you know is talking about her regrets about it and how her parents let her do it and all this stuff mm-hmm. and um also adults like tr- like trans adults the percentage of trans adults who end up committing suicide literally skyrockets skyrockets after 10 to 15 years after their transition because um they realize that they made a huge mistake wow so i yeah i genuinely think that this is um deeply upsetting and it is extremely akin to the spiritual warfare that's going yeah. on uh, and we have to fight it vehemently yeah oh absolutely and um, you know, not to mention like this just plays into a role of like their global depopulation. Like if they can convince a whole generation of children that they've been born into the wrong bodies and that they need these puberty blockers to not yeah. let their bodies naturally go into puberty to become fertile, to be able to get pregnant later on in life when they are ready for child and married. And it's just, it's total, it's just so, um, the only thing I can think of it's is demonic. It's evil. It's truly evil to rob your child of being able to have mm-hmm. a child someday. Natural innocence. It's oh yeah. So mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, and not to mention their innocence. And then but... let alone let alone the parents who are like allowing their children to They're do such right. horrible things to themselves based on a TikTok video. Yeah. These hospitals will do it without the parents' consent. Yeah disturbing when oh, you know you literally cool, have cool. If, a, yeah. if a man if a man talks to a child if a grown man talks to a child on the street about sex that hopefully that freaking man would be arrested but in yeah. a school or in a hospital it's it's encouraged in yeah. fact yeah it's it's disgusting control. it's reprehensible yeah. reprehensible yep and more people need to be speaking out about this. And I know it's like a, it's a very uncomfortable topic, um, especially because like I, for one, like I went to a very liberal university. And so I was definitely at a certain point into the later years, like it was more prevalent. And I found myself being like, okay, well maybe I'm just, 
like, I, I don't know, like it's not happening to me. So how would I be able to relate? Or maybe I just yeah. don't understand their plight, you know, but at the same, then I got to a point where I was like, no, like this is just a total manipulation and um, people need to call it out for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and something even more just disturbing and it goes along with just the left, you know, gaslighting and pushing the, what the truth is. Um, yesterday, I believe, or maybe the day before, Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor in Georgia, yep. still claims that she won, um, uh, stated that the heartbeat at six weeks is a manufactured sound. So we have a clip for you guys. Okay, so that clip came from um, freaking demon Fox evil News, sociopath. Leave it up to MSNBC to double down on it. And of that course. was one thing when I first heard this this clip come out. I'm like, oh boy, like I'm very curious. Way, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> um, you know, doctors are gonna take this like. Think of all just like the thousands of doctors you know for a fact that the heartbeat at six weeks is actually a real heartbeat and that sound uh-huh. is, not <laughs> is a baby. <laughs> like, I'm just like, let's oh just see how far away from the truth they can get until people just are like, right, right, what right. is happening? Like, or we're going to see, you know, the, uh, you know, doctors association start to adopt these um, beliefs. And just the continuous wokeism, like it's just going to go in either direction. But like, for me, my background is in human development and in child psychology. And so, you know, I took so many different human development classes and prenatal development and everything. And like, throughout all my classes, it's like, yep, at four weeks, you know, the heart starts to beat 130 yeah. beats per minute. Um yeah, so just, it, I mean, it's 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 pathetic how low they are willing to stoop. Yeah, to manipulate the hearts and minds and souls of 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 just an, any individual who's 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 in a place so deep that they could take this as okay. That's me. That makes sense to me. Like, are you kidding? Right. Like, it's is like, this a joke? What are we talking about here? Like, literally, the creation of life. That's why we're all here. Like, I'm so confused. Yeah. But it's insane. So leave it up to MSNBC. Um, one of their columnists is Dr. Esther Chu, and she defended Abrams by saying that the heartbeat at six weeks is a social construct that has more to do with the anticipation of future outcomes and little to do with what is actually present. I don't really even know what that means. Um, I mean, she's basically saying not sure. It's a social, like the heartbeat is a social construct. Social construct. The belief that the Just like everything. Are they going to say it's racist now? Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes on to say that um, so she insane. claims the critics of Abrams' theory um, are, so it says, from Fox, sorry. It says, the doctor began by claiming that critics of Abrams' theory, those claiming it as a legitimate heartbeat, employed a kind of, Soft on the facts, strong on the emotional over, overlay, Malou, that nurtures policies that are both dangerous and ludicrous. So now 
saying that the heartbeat nurtures policies that are dangerous and ludicrous. So we're just continuing to degrade this false narrative. Yeah, idea that it is actually life. Um, Right. And then Chu called Abram's remarks difficult to assail and insisted at six weeks of pregnancy, there is no heart. There is no sound. The doctor continued to dismiss Abram's critics. Despite tremendous advances in our understanding of human anatomy and physiology, we retain an inclination to imbue even the whisper of a heart's presence with outsized emotional significance. The doctor provided her assessment on what that heartbeat really is, writing it merely reflects electrical activity produced by a tiny amorphous clump of cells. Within the less than half an inch mass, there is not yet any structure recognizable as a heart, no pumping of blood, no circulatory system within which it oh could my be God. pumped, and no developed end um, organs to pump it to. The sterile description continued, heart tissue growing in a lab will also pulsate, and as will cells dissolve down from a heart and no longer organized into a structure of the or- original organ. She added that the ultrasound machine in turn translates such activity into a low audible whir whir that is a product of the machine itself rather than the amplification of any existing sound. So what they're trying to say now (sighs) is that a heart naturally formed at four weeks is basically the same as a lab-grown heart. So they're going to try to just take away the miracle of life and just equate it to something that could be easily made up in a lab now we're all just little science experiments right science is the god yeah now. well they hate yeah they hate god they hate everything god stands for uh it's yeah it's i mean spiritual warfare <laughs> and it's so it's gnarly sad. chu concluded her column and you, there are people out there who believe this oh 100 just all former memory of actually life being started at conception and that little tiny pulsating heart at four weeks old is just a clump of cells no it's it's a heart beginning to form and then she concluded her columns claiming and using the ultrasound to detect heartbeats pro-lifers use it to measure things it was not designed to measure for example the personhood of the embryo or the viability or non-viability of my personal anatomy. So they just want to take away all personhood in these beginning weeks to completely justify the reason for abortion. It's literally nauseating. But we need to Disgusting. move on to... Yes, what, I know. We could, again, could go on for hours. going on forever. Um, what's going on down at the border? With border patrol and local shelters over capacity, immigration officials here have released nearly 1,300 migrants onto the street in the past two weeks. We witnessed roughly 100 being dropped off by the city at a nearby hotel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So play that. This is crazy. There should be another one, too, of Mallorca's. Secretary, I'm here in El Paso where about 2,000 people are arriving every day. This fiscal year, we're looking at roughly 2.4 million apprehensions. Countless others are crossing and not being apprehended. Secretary, what is the United States border policy? 
Well, we are doing so much, uh, Jose. You know what our policy is? Our policy is to enforce the law. And that is indeed what we are doing. <laughs> so they're enforcing <laughs> are the law. Are these people joking? They're yeah. delusional. They're, I mean, they're more, yeah, they're not delusional. They are actually evil. They say the exactly the opposite of what they always do. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. It's actually terrifying how much they're just lying through their teeth. They lie to your face. Just. With absolute sure. zero remorse. And mind you, there's a. Article. Yeah, and I would like to point out how, I just wanted to say the, the amount of migrants who have crossed over the border and uh, since Biden has taken office is. 2.5, well, 2 million migrants, and they put the number of gotaways at 500,000. So that would be people who they don't even know that were able to get away. So two yeah. and a half million migrants have walked yeah. across the border when I know people who are literally like struggling to get a visa or have to jump through hoops and go yeah. through all these things who are well off, have money and invest in American companies, create jobs for people, contribute to society and they have to like go and jump through freaking hoops to get their visa stayed or you know yeah. get a green or you know get permit or permanent it residency so or whatnot so frustrating um and then you know there was a, another article i read that 700 illegals have drowned in the el paso river this year and then so you compare that all that and then not to mention all the unaccompanied minors <clears throat> Yep. Who are being trafficked all over the country. And then. Yep. And the drugs. Yeah. And then you take just that one bus full of 50 migrants that went up to Martha's Vineyard that were dropped off and that they had those. Voluntarily. Yeah. They had them (laughs) completely shipped off and dealt with within 24 hours. Um, It's just so. Let alone it's a sanctuary city. So much hypocrisy. It's so blatant in their faces. I'm like. Right. How do you not see what's happening? Like, I do not yeah. understand why, like, how people can defend anything going on right now. They can't. <laughs> they can't. They know. I mean, this is a natural swing of the pendulum. You know what I mean? It, it is naturally occurring as well as we are pushing that envelope so far. I mean, I, this is the, this is the strongest fight of our lives and of the generations. I mean, Trump talks about it all the time. He, in his rally last night, he was, I got a, you know, I managed to catch a bit of it. And he was just saying like, he's like, I don't think anybody has, it is or will be fighting as hard as we are today. God. It, it just isn't because it's getting to, it's just taken leaps, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of like what life was like decades ago and now we're just we're just breaching this level of depravity again that uh just it's it's just never been seen like this before i mean you can't reverse the amount of like you you can't reverse the 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 consequences and the changes that will come from these people crossing the border yeah and i know a lot of them are like really genuinely looking for a better life because so many of them are coming from venezuela cuba nicaragua like all these places that are obviously extremely poor and undeveloped and also communist countries but um i'm sorry like we got some problems going on here and we do not need five more freaking million people here yeah that are gonna change and uh, affect the culture i even saw a video of a guy who was saying like there's a culture clash like just because you know some people want to come here and like live a better life and they want to assimilate it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a clash of cultures because yeah. we live differently you know yeah. and that just is natural that's not racist no. to, to say no that's not. why borders exist yeah. oh my gosh like yeah. moving on to do you want to do the israeli prime minister hit yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Let me play that first. 
despite all the obstacles, still today, a large majority of Israelis support the vision of the two-state solution. I am one of them. We have only one condition. That the future Palestinian state will be a peaceful one. That it will not become another terror base from which to threaten the well-being and the very existence of Israel. That we will have the ability to protect the security of all the citizens of Israel at all times. Yeah, this is crazy. This is crazy. Because for decades uh, and for so many years, um, you know, this has been talked about whether a two-state solution is the best idea. And this just goes back. I mean, this this conflict goes back thousands of years, obviously. <laughs> it's biblical. Um, I really wanted to play uh, a couple more clips from uh, Rudy Rockman, who is a an Israeli activist who goes on the street and talks to Israelis, Palestinians, Arabs, Christians, all kinds of people who are involved with this conflict because he is a firm, uh, he's just an advocate for the people to decide what is best for themselves. And the prime minister going on record like this and at a, in a speech saying that he supports a two state solution, like this goes against every policy that supports Israel. Like people do not want this. Yeah. I mean, not to mention just as a Christian with like a Christian worldview and understanding that Israel is, you know, the Israeli people are God's chosen people. And like, it talks about pretty blatantly, like that, you know, if this kind of stuff happens, we're going to start seeing some interesting things. Because, yeah, it's you know, really America's like, you know, one of Israel's last allies. And if we support this, then I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to be next. I mean, God has something up his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Let me play what Rudy, like one of the things that he talks about it. And he brings up a, a, a something from the Bible. It's a really interesting analogy. Let's play that. Okay. Who is the rest of the world to tell us, Israelis and Palestinians, that are connected to this land, to divide our land? And to give the, you know, the, the story of Melech Shlomo, I don't know if you know the story of when King, King Solomon had the two mothers with the one baby. The two mothers come and both claim to be the mothers of this baby. Now, King Solomon didn't know who the mother was. You didn't have DNA testing back then. You didn't have registration uh, when people were born. So he says, you know what? Yeah, to to, to the viewers, maybe we're going to cut the baby in half. And you're going to get one half and you're going to get one half. And one mother said, sure. And the other mother said, no, it's actually her baby. And that's when he was actually able to see who the real mother is, because a mother would never cut her baby in two. And so if we're the real people of this land, we would never cut this land in two. If it's just about having uh, a safe place, then we should have gone somewhere else. You know, this is not about just getting things the, the easiest way. This is not just about having a country. We could have gone anywhere else. This is about being back with this land that is our soulmate. And that doesn't mean other people can't also have such a special relationship with this land too. But this land cannot be divided, not with a physical wall and not with the walls within our minds, our souls, and our hearts. Wow. So I think he's he's such a yeah, he's a great speaker. I really recommend um if you're interested in this topic to go and listen to some of his videos. He just he does incredible vis- videos. He travels all around the world. And he he's gone to Africa. He literally got arrested in like Nigeria because he was 
meeting with the this tribe called the Igbo tribe. Um, and I think they're in, um, I don't know where they are, but they're in Africa. And it, it's, it's wild because like, there are so many people who live in Israel who aren't Jews. Like there are Arabs, Christians, Muslim, Druze, you know, Druze, mm-hmm. not Jews, um, and people of all faiths and religions that live peacefully. Um, and at the same time, you know, there are the Palestinians who live in Gaza and whatever, and the out, like those occupied territories and, mm-hmm. um, Israel supplies them with electricity, with water, with all, all kinds of, uh, essential resources. And they also give them money every single year. And that money is, robbed by the government um the plo is in the 16th or 17th year of their of a four-year term they don't have elections hamas took over in 2005 they literally have terrorist terrorist organizations within their government um so the government doesn't represent the palestinian people like the palestinian people are manipulated and also not to say that they're you know that's the only reason but they there is a lot of propaganda and they are manipulated into believing a certain narrative that the jews are evil and a lot of a lot of anti-semitism comes from this that you know the jews run the world and we're evil and everything but it's just it's just there's this this conflict is so complex and there are are a lot of truth tellers in palestine that yes and there are a lot of like people and or leaders in palestine who work with with rudy and they have to be blurred and they can't go by name because they're restricted. They can't speak out. They're censored just like it is here. And if they get found out, like they'll go missing. And he's like, Oh, you know, what happened to you? And he, they tell them that they get tortured and they don't have freedom of speech. They don't have rights. And it's, it's, it's really sad. Um, he has a theory about having like kind of an org, like a, basically bringing it down to the state level, like a state or an area type of government where like where you live could determine like not a two-state solution but kind of like an umbrella where um by area there would be like a state or a local government that would kind of enact you know like laws that would be of the best needs and desires of the people who live in that area um Mm. and so it's just, it's really interesting. Um, I think that another really like important topic that, or another thing that he says is that he doesn't, it's not necessarily about peace. It's about justice because when you have justice, there is peace for all because there is a conduct and like, there is a standard that we all have to, you know, like rise to. Um, and another, another aspect that I would love to share is that like Arabs, Palestinians, Jews, we, we all come from the same bloodline. Um, a lot of Palestinians do descend from Jewish bloodlines and they, a lot of them were converted to Islam and Christianity and they're doing, he's doing a a project where they're taking DNA tests from like 50 and Palestinians and Jews, 50 and 50. And, um, the percentage is like roughly, they haven't done that test yet, but he says like in other studies, he's read that it's about 30% of their genetics come from Jewish ancestry. And there are Jews all over the world. There's like the Pashtuns descend from Jews. There are about 50 million in Afghanistan. Um, Igbo tribe, 50 million, not all of them kept the Jewish tradition, but a percentage of them did. So a percentage of 50 million is quite a lot. There's the Lemba tribe South in uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe, the Abba Yudaya in Uganda. There's Jews in Tanzania, Madagascar, and Jews in South America that were taken from Spain when they were expelled in the 15th century. Um, and th- those people are not really even accepted as much in the Jewish community because they kind of lost their traditions. There are Kaifeng Jews in China. There are Jews in India, Papua New Guinea. So a lot of these Jews that were um, in the diaspora, like they would love to come back and make Aliyah back into Israel. You know, this is like 
the cradle of Jewish civilization. Um, yeah. And so it's, 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 yeah, it's a definitely a multifaceted um, topic, but I think that the people of Palestine do want peace. They do want um, peace in the land of the Holy land. And um, I think that it is like really ill-advised to be speaking so uh, rashly when um, there are so many opinions and also you don't see like the main leaders of the PLO talking about this, like they're talking about wiping Jews off the map. So it's, yeah, yeah it's hard in the honor of Rosh Hashanah. You know, I wanted to bring this up because this is our new year and it is about celebrating, um, the creation of, of the earth of creation of humanity. And I, would love to expand on it like at another at a later date where you know maybe we can bring someone on who is really um well versed in this area because I think it's such an interesting um subject yeah. I don't know do you have any thoughts I know I mean I just I it's this topic's always been very interesting to me and I think it would be really cool to have someone yeah. on that is super knowledgeable about all of it like that yeah. can talk on like what the bible says as well and um yeah you know, just future absolutely what the future might look like for you know the U.S. and the support of Israel and um yeah I mean the two-state yeah. party the two-state thing is bonkers though yeah um yeah the, I mean there are so many holy sites for Christians as well um if it's possible I'd love to play it's like a short clip sure. um just to cap on it under a rule really... that isn't necessarily theirs all right, so a few things to go over. First of all, the two-state solution, I think, is an insult to the aspirations of both collective peoples. It is an idea that it was imposed by the West, that we should just divide this land. And you have to understand that the Israelis and Palestinians, our relationship with this land is not just a territory where we created a safe place. It's our soulmate. The Jews had options to create a state in Uganda, in Birobidjan, in Angola, in Madagascar, in Argentina. And obviously, we would never accept that because the only place where we can reconnect and build our civilization is the land of Israel. And Palestinians have a very similar idea and relationship when it comes to the land. They see this land as a land that must be unified, not divided, and as one. Now, of course, you'll find individuals still pushing the idea of a two-state solution, but the vast majority of peoples reject it. So to go over why a two-state solution won't work, at least from the Jewish perspective, Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, is the heartland of the Jewish people. When we look through our history and we talk about where our civilization was, it wasn't in Tel Aviv. It wasn't in Haifa, and it wasn't in Ranana, and it wasn't in Herzliya or Kfasaba. These are new cities, these are new towns that existed in the past 100 years. It was in uh, Beit Lechem, it was in Yeriko, it was in Hebron, it was in Shechem, it was in Beit El, it was in Beitar, it was in Yerushalayim. These are all in Judea and Samaria. So the cradle of Jewish civilization is in Judea and Samaria. So to say that the most important part of the land of the Jewish people, of the indigenous rights of that people, is going to be removed and they won't have access to it or be in a separate state, just will never happen. Yeah. So anyways, that's, uh, we'll cap it there. It's super interesting. And I know how holy the place is for Christians as well, like I said earlier, but um, mm -hmm. it is a beautiful place if everyone, if anyone gets to um, travel there. So yeah. I think we're going to cap it there. Yes. This was yes. a good episode. Yes. We yes. Have... We covered a lot of topics. Yeah, we did. We were all over the place, but um yeah we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and we're excited for the next one and uh don't forget to you can message us dm us email us if there's anything particular that you want us to discuss so 
Yes, anyway. absolutely. Email us press.thecurrent at gmail.com. Yes. And to uh, end it here with our our favorite, Andrew Breitbart, here it is. All the people that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said, you're going to call us racist, you're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <So good>. Bye. <laughs>